podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. All right, so tonight I've got with me Jim Johnson. Hey everybody. And Louis Rigoni. Hi everyone. Pretty exciting week, guys. Coming off the uh, Atlanta win, not that wins in preseason mean much of anything, but it was still fun to see. The USA Today today posted uh, some uh, pro football focus grades, so I thought I'd go over that. Uh, real quick to start us off, and then we can kind of talk about uh, our impressions of the game. The player of the game, score-wise, was Preston Williams. Uh, he had a nine, grade of 93. Clive Wilford had a grade of 83.5. Chris Reed, the guard, had a grade of 74.3. Chris Merrick had a, a grade of 73.7. And Josh Rosen had a grade of 72.7. On the defensive side... Edge rusher Jonathan Ledbetter had 89.9. Pretty impressive grade for him. Jerome Baker had 82. Uh, Dwayne Hendricks had a 79.1. Nate Orchard had a 71.8. And Toya McTire, surprisingly, had a grade of 70.7. So those are the guys that they had that uh, they felt played exceptionally well. Lewis, <laughs> who would you add to that list if you could? <laughs> Well, it definitely wasn't Nick Needham. I'd like to know what his grade was because he had a horrible, horrible first quarter there. My goodness. I mean, he was getting killed all over the field hey, in that corner bad. position. He was bad. Yeah, yeah he, he got put into a spot he didn't belong, so I don't hold too much of that against him. Yeah, he had he had an opportunity, and, you know, somebody's got to step up. Uh, who was the corner you just mentioned, Mike? Tory McTire. Tory McTire, exactly. He had a pretty good game. Um, you know, at, at Preston Williams stole the show. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, anybody who watched the game, he, he was just incredibly impressive. And I talk about it all the time that, you know, as you're watching a game, you're going to see how these guys actually, what type of players they are just by watching the games. And you know the, the good, good players from the guys that are just, you know, there. And going through maybe the motions or, you know, just not having the ability that this kid has. This kid is going to be a football player. And I'm not just basing it on, you know, the, the the couple of catches that he had. But you can just tell that he has something special. Well, you know, Xavier Howard said he was going to be before he played the game. So I right. kind of trust his judgment. And, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about him. There's been a lot of talk about him. And he went out there and he showed us something. And that's what we want to see because we've talked about this as well. How many times do we listen to commentators, to the press about how great this guy looks in practice every day and then come the games, we see nothing. Well, this guy went out there and showed us something, and that's that's what I love to see. So I, I think he did more in that one game than Parker's done in four years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he made you know four pretty big plays, and he demonstrated four amazing catches with four different techniques. He had a a, 
a one-handed grab down the sideline. He picked one up off the turf and flipped it up into his body and then rolled over to keep the possession. And, you know, he high-pointed pointed a ball in coverage. And and then the, the toe the toe tapper that going toe out of bounds. That was awesome. That was friggin' spectacular. I mean the ball he, I mean he grabbed that with his fingers and dragged that one toe. That was phenomenal. So you know, we're hearing a lot of chatter about well what happens when he gets into, you know, you know, first round uh, competition and all that, but those techniques, you can't coach those up. And he's already. I absolutely he's already, agree with you. What he showed in that game, it wouldn't have mattered who he was going against. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, it's the ability to, to, yeah. to adjust on some of the passes, like you just mentioned, Jim. You know, the adjustment on, on a few of the throws were just outstanding i mean that one back shoulder throw by rosen was was kind of early and and he he threw a bullet i mean the rosen's credit i mean it was a a bullet down the sideline and he he just made an incredible incredible play that was to me that was the most impressive one out of the four just an outstanding outstanding play and uh yeah let's hope we see a lot more of that going forward I mean, this guy's literally going to push for – if he continues to do this, he's going to push for a starting position on this team. There's no question in my mind. I mean, I don't know how you would keep him off the field. I don't either. But, you know, it's a long preseason. We'll see. He's still got three games to exactly. go. Exactly. He still uh, is a rookie. And, you know, a, lot, a lot's going to depend on the health of Wilson and uh, the health of Grant. We'll see what happens. Right. Absolutely. Well, he's, he's going to line up as a wide guy, not a slot guy. We don't know who they're putting in the slot, do we? Well, if the two guys that you just mentioned aren't back, then we don't know. But I would assume that Williams is going to be an outside guy. Um, that's where he was playing the other night, and I would think that that's where he's going to wind up landing, which means you know, Stills or Parker is not going to be a starter if he's, in fact, in there. I mean, I think that's where he's going to excel. But we'll see. Like you said, there's a long uh, – there's a long preseason ahead of us. A lot can happen. So, Jim, what did you think of the offensive line? Why would you have to give me the offensive line? Uh, we were just <laughs> we were just on such a high talking about Preston Williams, and uh, yeah, that that offensive line is basically what we expected it to be. Uh, they were overmanned and not really ready for some of their first NFL speed, you know, on that interior of the line. You know, Dieter and uh, Calhoun just, they just, I don't think they were, had any idea of how fast those big DTs are on the other side of the ball. And you could see it. They were beaten off the snap. They were floundering, trying to catch up. You know, they'd grab a guy and hold him. But they did improve. And I can, I can live with those types of problems that they're still adjusting to the NFL. Mills, you know, when he came in after Tunzel went out, uh, you know, that was just messy, messy. <laughs> That's he a looked, good word. He looked slow. He looked out of shape. Um, just, just not ready to play in my eyes. And that's, that's not a good thing. Chris Reed, I thought did a, you know, a pretty respectable job in the middle of that line. You know, he was our highest graded, uh, offensive lineman, I think. And he did a very respectable job. I was pleased with that, but Right tackle, left tackle, and you know these two young guards. We got to hope that uh, some of these guys adjust and and grow. Well, I, into think, the I think their thought process is to let them play through it, and uh, let's see if we can get them developing a little bit in uh, training camp. 
Exactly. And they and they they were improving here and there. You know, they did have their good plays, but you know, they sure got beat quite a lot early on. Yeah. I'd agree with all of that. Uh, not much to add to it. You know, Tunsil obviously was out of the game. So, you know, you knew it was going to be a tough run there. Um, you know, I felt that uh some of the runs we had were were very very positive. Your second half, uh, we had some decent runs. First half, you know, Drake and Balage both had a few. There just wasn't a lot of time to throw the football. Uh, Fitzpatrick, and this is what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago on one of the podcasts. You know, he created something out of nothing. I mean, a couple of times, the pass rush was right in his face, and that one play where he spun out and rolled out and hit somebody down. I don't remember which receiver it was, but he was like 15, 20 yards down the field, and he hit him. He turned a negative into a positive. Who was it, Jim? That was Parker on the left sideline. I mean, outstanding play. And then on another play where the pass rush came right in up the middle, I don't know if yeah. it was a blitz or not. He, it, it was, and Drake missed it. Drake uh, missed it. He whiffed on the block. Yep, and uh, he turned it into a positive. He got, what, an 8, 10-yard? He, he carried the ball for like 8, 10 yards. So – you know, Fitzpatrick, what he brings is just that coolness. You know, he doesn't panic at any point. He's out there. It seems like he's just going through the motions, like he's sitting on the beach somewhere. You know, that you look at him and he never he's never stressed over it. So, you know, I, I liked what I saw out of Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, he, he's another guy I thought played well. And the guy you mentioned, Mike Wolford. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually played well at a position where there's a lot of guys really competing for for a few positions there. And he's a veteran. He's been around a few years, uh, played at UM. He was with Oakland for, I think, two, maybe three seasons. So he's a guy to keep an eye on when it comes to the tight ends. Yeah. You know? So what would you guys think of Rosen? You know, I, I struggled to get past that one horrible interception. Well, why did you struggle? because it was terrible. Uh, I like the announcers, the commentators. They were like, well, I don't think he could see that uh, that <laughs> linebacker because of the offensive line of the lineman in front of him. And, and they're showing the replay, and there's nobody obstructing his view. And I'm like, Was oh. that Greasy that made that comment? Uh, I don't remember who it was, but I was laughing, too. Yeah, I, was I like, thought it was pretty funny. Uh, oh my they, were, God. they were trying to make excuses for no, him. It was, it was his version of the no-look pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only thing is, he was he was looking right at the receiver. He just didn't. Right. He didn't see the 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 linebacker right on his shoulder. So you know that was that was terrible. You can't you can't make those mistakes. But you know he's he's green and he had a horrible season last year. And you could tell he was kind of used to running around for his life back there because you know he scrambled and he did make he extended a lot of plays. He converted third downs and. He got rid of the football very well. You know, a, a lot of those plays were terrible. You know, they snapped the ball, and he's got a guy in his face within one second. Like, as soon as the ball's there, he's got to get out of dodge. And, you know, he extended those plays. He got rid of the ball. He he avoided some sacks. You know, the one he threw going down that Preston Williams made a great catch on, you know, that's that's not a good thing to do because most times the other team is going to get the ball. But... He did make something happen, so I got to give him kudos for that. And he did uh, seem to manage the huddle, and there was no delay of game, you know, penalties, things like that went fairly well. So I was I was fairly happy with how he played. I thought he he got it done when it needed to be done most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I agree on everything you pretty much said, Jim. You know, I give him an average 
grade. Uh, that was an ill-advised pass. Preston Williams kind of bailed him out on it. I mean, you know, he's got a guy draped all over him, and he just threw a lame duck up. So I had an issue with that, but it became a positive. So, you know, you can sit here and go back and forth with it. You know, once the season starts, I, I don't really want to see a, a lot of those type of passes going up in the air. Um, you yeah, know, you, th- might want, you might want to talk to the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to see two guys dragging him by down by the legs while he throws. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the interception. You know, he looked good at times, and other times, you know, he looked okay. So I give him an average grade. You know, going forward, let's hope he, you know, shows us a little bit more. You know, I, you know that that's really all about – that. that's pretty much all you can really say about him. Did you, you know, think was, he looked poised? Well, it's – you know, it's hard, Mike, to, to be poised when the pressure is coming so quickly. You know, you can't set up. You can't throw. Uh, you know, I thought he did a pretty good job considering, you know, he's not Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitzpatrick had pressure and he, he just doesn't, you know, he just rolls out of it, throws the ball down the field or just takes off. You know, he has better, uh, pocket presence right now at this point. So, you know, it's really hard to gauge that Mike. He's a 15 year vet. He's seen those goals. You know what Rosa said after the game that I thought was pretty insightful. Uh, he, he basically said that. You know, when he's in that quarterback room and he's sitting with uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick knows the defenses and and knows them instinctively. Yes. And he wants to get to that point to where he can think rather than gunsling. React, react, right, react. He just wants to be ahead of what the defense is doing, exactly. Right. So, I mean, you could see where he is in his development by him saying something like that. You know, he is playing instinctually and and reactively instead of uh, uh, aggressively but intelligently aggressive, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll see. I mean, you know, he's got some learning to do, and that's pretty apparent. So hopefully he's got the right coaches to teach him, and and obviously Fitzpatrick will, I'm sure, help him. And we'll see where he goes from here. I mean, you know, I liked liked his game. Uh, You know, obviously he made some mistakes. That's obvious. Uh, But I liked his game. I thought he was challenging downfield, which I liked. I'm not a big fan of check down passes unless you have to check down. And there are times you do, but I thought that he was aggressive. And uh, when he was aggressive, he was he was fairly accurate. So I like that. And we'll see where it goes. I mean, uh, he's got a lot of work to do, so we'll see. Right. While we're on the subject of uh, the quarterbacks, have they named a starter for this week's game? It is Fitzpatrick, right? It's expected to be. Now we'll see if it is. You right. know. So they, they, they haven't. They haven't officially said officially no. announced it. Gotcha. But uh, okay. Fitzpatrick is still the number one quarterback, so yes. it just depends on what they want to do. And yep. Fitz is going to know his old team, so chances of you know Rosen getting that start there are slim. Well, it, you can use reverse logic too. Maybe he should get the start. But anyway, we'll see. And you know, uh, Fitzpatrick is at a bit of an advantage because he does know that team. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see if they want to use that to their advantage or not. But remember, they're going to practice against them a couple of days this week, so uh, that should help Rosen uh, become familiar with them anyway. Yep, absolutely. All right, so outside of the game, I had a question for you guys, and and I don't want Preston Williams to uh, sway your answer. 
this staff, as uh, in contrast to the past couple of staffs, uh, seems very um, open to signing players with character concerns. They signed Mark Walton, they signed Preston Williams, and they signed uh, Robert Camdiche. So what do you think of that? Are you willing to risk maybe a little bit of a locker room cancer or these guys getting into trouble and putting a bad light on the organization in hopes that you hit on somebody? Or do you think that maybe Gase and Philbin had the right idea and trying to keep it, you know, the Boy Scouts and guys who really love the game and are focused on the game and don't share those same outside uh, distractions? Well, I think that that is up to the coaches to handle that situation. If they feel they're strong enough individuals to where they can handle these guys the proper way, then I don't have any problem with it. And I feel that the coaching staff that we have in here can do just that. I think they relate to the players better. Um, you know, from what I've seen up to this point, you know, we've talked about Gase and how he related the players. I really don't think he did a really good job of that. I think that this coaching staff is already doing a better job in regard to that. And it's their job as coaches to handle these guys. I don't care, you know, unless they're going out and getting in the major, major trouble in regard to going in the clubs and carrying weapons and all this kind of stuff or, you know, the, the whole situation in regard to women and all that. I, I don't really care you know, what they do. A locker room cancer, Mike? Now, I don't know if these guys were in fact that or they just got into trouble at one point, but these are young kids. And we've all, you know, we've all been that down that road. We've all made mistakes in our lives. So you got to give these kids the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they're, you know, they're all in their early 20s. So yeah, give them a shot. And if they fail you, then you release them. So I, I feel that, what you can get from them outweighs the, you know, the, the risk. I mean, you know, if, if they don't work out, you know, they're gone. That's it. It's just that simple. You're giving them an opportunity and that's all they can ask for. And if your coaching staff is strong enough and if they are strong enough individuals, then they should be able to handle these type of guys. So I don't have any problem with it. Well, I, I don't think a coach can handle a guy at three o'clock in the morning. He's got to have the, uh, ability within himself to be disciplined and then be focused on what he should be focused on as opposed to, you know, hitting his girlfriend or whatever. But right. But Mike, there, there's, there's a certain respect to where you don't want to let your coaches down. You know, if you have a certain respect for the individuals that are coaching you and that, and, and that are giving you an opportunity to be part of the team, then you work that much harder for them. Whereas a guy like maybe a Gase where, you know, he just, you know, he's just going through the motions of head coaching and maybe isn't involved with you, you know, doesn't sit down and talk to you person to person. I think that goes a long way and I think it'll, it'll help those type of guys. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. You, you can't control these guys at three o'clock in the morning. There's no question about it. But if you have a certain respect for the individuals that you're working under, then that goes a long way. So that's, that's my thoughts on it. You know, they, they say everybody needs a second chance. And, you yeah. know, the Preston Williams thing, 
you know, this is a one-time deal basically with his girlfriend when you're 19 or whatever. You have to hope that, you know, he learned from his mistakes and they can move on. But, you know, you've got three guys with very little risk to reward type of thing. You know, you've got very little money invested. Yeah. You give them a shot. If something goes wrong, they're gone and you move on. Uh, so I don't have a problem with it. I obviously don't condone you know, guys, if they're, if they're, you know, beating up on their girlfriend or any of that, that's unacceptable. But, you know, 18, 19 year old kids getting into a skirmish, you know, there's no way to know what actually happened. Walton, you know, that's a wild card there, but these guys were going nowhere unless they got another shot. And the Dolphins have brought them in. And I think Flores is, I don't know what he's feeding them. I don't know what he's telling them. But like Lou mentioned, I think there's there's a different type of respect for Flores than what Gase got from his team. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to be under the magnifying glass. Give them a shot. And uh, we've already seen what Williams can do. So and, and Walton made some real nice plays. So all we can do is is hope for the best. All right. You know, I... I, I don't have a strong feeling either way. I mean, I understand both philosophies, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm really glad they brought in this receiver because he looks like he's going to be a good one. I was really, really impressed with him. I know we've already covered it, but I was really, really impressed with him. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group, but uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Uh, Lou, how do you think you would uh, open up against Tampa Bay? Well, I'm Tampa underachieved a lot last year so you don't know what you're getting out of them I mean what we want to do is is we just want to be aggressive uh, we want to we want to see what the offensive line is capable of doing and you know hopefully they they're able to hold blocks we're able to run the football we're able to get time to throw the ball and I just want to see them attacking it's just that simple you know I liked Fitzpatrick's attitude coming out this past week, you know, he was all over the place. He had high energy. And I think that truly rubs off on the rest of the team. When you see a guy that's in his late 30s running around in a preseason game and making plays, it's got to get you fired up. You know, I think he's got, you know, so that that brings a lot to the table. Uh, sometimes, and we've seen it over the years, especially under Philbin, where the team just seems dead. And that may have had something to do with number 17 and his personality. But, you know, we're looking at a guy now in Fitzpatrick that's a whole different animal altogether. And let's hope that he rubs off on Rosen. And Rosen, once he gets into the game, does the same exact thing. He comes with high energy. He has these guys fired up because there's no question in my mind it rubs off on the rest of the offensive players around you. And on the defensive side of the ball, we've got to start getting some guys that bring that intensity and get you fired up. Because I'll tell you what, we didn't really touch this yet, Mike, but the tackling in that game on the defensive side of the football, 
was not good. And I know it, it's due to the fact that they don't do a lot of tackling in practice, but man, you've been tackling your whole life if you're a football player. And once the games start, they got to do a better job of that. I mean, it, it was ugly. Thank so, you, CBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Going forward, we've got to... Um, and, and while I'm on the subject of the defense, what the hell is up with Orchard wearing the number four? I mean, I, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, am I watching the offense or the defense on the field? What the well, hell they, is they that? Have not, they have 90 people in camp, so that's that's what's up with it. You were, but, wonder, you were wondering why the punter was on the field. <laughs> <laughs> the punter or a field goal kicker or or our fourth-string quarterback. I mean, you know, it, that, that threw me off a little bit. I thought that was crazy. I was like, that is really, really weird. And I think one of the commentators, I don't remember which one it was, made made comment to that as well. It was it, it's funny, but anyway, that's it. we got a little sidetracked there. But yeah, the defense has got to get better. There is no question about it in regard to tackling. That's the last thing you want to see is being in position to make plays and just not making the play. And it happened a lot. And Jim, how would you open up the game defensively? Uh, de- <laughs> defensively? Yep. What are you going to show them? Well, you're not going to show them anything special. It's it's preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, Flores is going to try to live on confusion and, and sending guys from who knows where to create pressure. And he's not going to let the cat out of the bag too early. Well, he did a little bit last week. He he did. He did. And you've got to try it in a game situation. So I'd be trying to see what Van Ginkle can do for us and, you know, do a little bit of what you're wanting to do, only maybe not make it as... Uh, uh, deceitful or something as moving guys around as deceptive, as deceptive deceitful. Right. It's kind of the same thing. You're, you're yeah. trying to uh, get away with a fast one. Deceive. 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 Yeah. You know, it's, you, you know, you got to go at it. Like Lou said, you need to be aggressive, but you don't want to play all your cards all at once either. Um, you know, I want to see what Wilkins can do more. I mean, he was soaking up double team, something amazing, uh, yeah, he played with some week. energy, didn't he? Yes, you know, I mean, he wasn't always getting a push into the into the backfield, but you know, on occasion he was. He was taking two guys into the backfield, and that's that's great to see from your from your first round pick. So you want to be aggressive. You want to see what some of these defensive ends are going to do. You know, Ledbetter and Hendricks and Orchard are these guys going to be able to continue to bring pressure as well as they did last week. So right. you keep going and hoping for the same results. You know, we had three or four sacks, so that's great. Uh, you're going against third stringers some of the time, but you're still getting back there. And that's more than we can say for the Charles Harris's out there. So I was just going to ask you, you know, you said you watched the game twice. I yes. only watched it once and I didn't see Charles Harris. I wonder if you saw him the second time you watched it. No, because- I was watching for him specifically and he was nowhere to be found. And that one play where he ran the guy down right at the goal line, that was like the best play he made. And it really didn't amount to anything other than it it showed yeah good. it was a good it was a good effort play. it was a good hustle good effort yeah that's fantastic but it it was it was basically a waste but uh, yeah i'm i'm very unimpressed with charles harris and i you know i said something about this on the page you know i man i want to see him flashing more than what he is and you know Hendricks and and ledbetter and orchard are all making plays and harris is still a wall so uh, you know, I'd be trying to find out what 
what Harris is going to be able to do for us moving forward. So, you know, that's be somebody I'd be looking to make plays with against this team coming up. How, how much did he actually play? Because, uh, like you said, I, I don't I don't even remember seeing him in really next to anything in regard to making plays. I want to say he played quite a bit, like 45 snaps or something did like he? that. Okay, yes. yeah, because yeah, he was, again, non-existent. The other guy, um, while we're still talking about the defense, who had a horrible game was Fitzpatrick. I mean, he was just bad. He missed. Yeah, his tackling was not good. His tackling was not good. I mean, he's got to step up and uh, play a little bit better than, than he did the other night. That was a big concern for me. I'm like, why is he missing tackles? I, I, I'm wondering if he's got too much on his plate. You know, are they giving him too much responsibility or something? But yeah, he. I, I kind of think it's too early to be worried about it. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping so. All right. You got anything else you'd like to add tonight? What did you think about the running back situation, Mike? What did I think about the running back situation? I don't know. I mean, I really didn't get any strong feeling about it because, I mean, they were mixing people in and out. Uh, Gaskins had a couple of touchdowns late, which was nice to see, but by and large, nothing really sticks with me. Yeah, what stuck with me was uh, Balage in the passing game. Oh, that, that bothered me. Yeah. A, few of the, the, a few of the passes, when he went out in, in route, Fitzpatrick read it perfectly. He was wide open in the flat. He read it. And Balaj wasn't looking for the ball. And then on the very next, I believe it was the very next play, he dropped a pass. So that's a concern. You know, you look at Drake and his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. They're putting Balaj in that position to say, hey, let's see if this guy can handle this type of thing. And he kind of failed on both of those plays. So that was kind of something that stood out for me. Otherwise... You know, Balaj and Drake both had a few decent runs during the game. And like I said, the biggest thing that stood out for me was uh, Balaj, you know, in regard to pass routes. They all offered strong points and not so strong points. And like you mentioned with Balaj, he looked iffy in the passing game. One of those plays, I think, was a misread because it didn't look like he was expecting to be getting the ball at that time. Uh, the other one was a solid drop, but he they had the, like the same play with Walton, and it went like the same way uh, where Walton didn't look like he was ready. So right. that's something with play design there, or some a concept they're not understanding. And then uh, Kenyon Drake in that first series kind of frustrated me with his sidestepping there. He had the first down right there, and, and he decided to go outside with it, and he ended you know up. What, you know what frustrated me more about Drake? What's his that? Pass blocking. Yeah, pass blocking and that and that stutter stepping just that just he had the first down it was right there all he had to do was go forward and instead he goes to the right and he's a yard short. This is what I want you guys to do when you're watching the Tampa Bay game. I want you to watch Drake pass block. Okay. And we'll talk about it next week and see if uh, he does any better. Well, did didn't Balage get bad grades in regard to pass blocking as well? I, I don't know. That- I don't know. I did I, I, not see his grade. I, yeah. I just specifically watched Drake uh, the first series that he was mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. and uh, he missed. It that wasn't. One. He missed two actually, and yeah. it, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, his running. He had a nine-yard run. I mean, you like to see that. Uh, he had a two-yard run, which was not really you know his fault. Uh, it, the play was designed to go left, and it was all bottled up, and he cut it right, and you know got a couple of yards out of it. But uh, the the pass blocking has got to get better. 
So we'll see. The one mm-hmm. thing I do want to add to the running back corpse is uh, Chandler Cox made three really nice blocks in that game. One and two of them, you know, both led to first downs or touchdowns. And uh, that was, you know, refreshing to see a fullback going in there and and opening up a hole for the for your running back. And they were both successful plays. You know, the, the story out of camp was was he was kind of getting chewed up a bit, but he looked pretty good when he was in the game this weekend. Yeah. That one TD for Gaskin towards the end of the game, I mean, he, he hit a DT that was 50 pounds bigger than him, stood him right up, and, and yep. into the end zone Gaskin went. So, mm-hmm. I like it. We didn't touch on Ruddick either. He actually had a pretty decent game as well. Uh, you know, we overlooked him when we were talking. I thought he I thought he looked okay. He talked about, you know, being poised and stuff. And um, I thought he did a really good job. I very rarely talk about third-string quarterbacks and punters. Agreed. But, you know, again, you know, he did not look bad out there. Um, you know, I felt he did a decent job. And we already talked about Walford. The guy that hurt himself a lot was Hearns. I mean, my goodness, the one time he, he put his hands on the ball, he fumbled it, and uh, it was just a careless fumble yeah, he on had- the field. That was his second reception, but he his did. second? Uh, yeah, yeah that, was, that was a pretty careless fumble. Uh, he's going to have a hard time of it, you know, with the way Williams is playing, and you know, you saw Isaiah Ford return. Yeah, there's, there's only so many spots, I, right? You know, yeah. And if they're going to use Ford as their kick returner, uh, you know, well, don't you think that's Grant's job when he comes back? When he comes back, yes, maybe Mike. I mean, you know, I don't if know. he's not completely healthy, so what do you do with him? Do you put him back there to return punts? return kickoffs, and then also put him, you know, on the field offensively? I don't know. I mean, right now they're obviously going to work forward there for that reason. And if, in fact, they do that, uh, there's not a lot of spots at that wide receiver position left for a guy like Hearns. Or, and Butler Butler actually looked decent. He had a couple catches, didn't he, in the game as well? I know he had at least he had, one. He had one, I believe. But yeah. uh, I tell you so. what, I think Miles Gaskin looked really good on that one kick return towards the end of the game. So yes, yes, he did. He was fast and shifty, and uh, yep. I, I like the looks of him better than Ford out there returning kicks. You know, it's funny, Jim, that you mentioned that because me and Mike talked during the game, uh, I think halftime or at the end of the first quarter, and I said Ford is just – I mean, there's no comparison. He I mean, looks, Grant is something. He looks so slow. I and, was going to say, he know. didn't have any bad returns. He brought it out fairly well, but he just looks slow. Like, And right. he's not slow. And he's not. No, but he, he, but he looked it. Yeah. Right. He didn't look shifty or elusive. He just kind of looked like it he was... It made me hesitant is the right word. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. You know, but it didn't yeah. look like he was running full speed. Yeah. yeah, we got spoiled because of Grant over the last few years. He's... I, to, in my opinion, I think he's the best in football right now in regard to return, kick returns, punt. Re, he, he's just a, he's up there. He's I, I I don't see anybody better than him right now, or at least like you know before he got hurt last year. Last two seasons, he's outstanding. We got to hope he's uh, back to his form from before the injury. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys. All Anything right. else? That's a wrap. That's a wrap, huh? I guess so. I think that's about it. Does anybody know anything about this new linebacker, Terrence Smith? I know absolutely nothing about him. Me as well. Yeah, well, he he came from the Chiefs. He was primarily a special teams player. That Uh, would explain it. Yeah, and he was undrafted, I believe, in 2016. And uh, he played a couple years. He had 30 tackles, an interception, and a sack. 
Uh, but primarily special teams. So uh, so he's basically just another guy. He's another body right now. See what yep. he's going to do. Yep. But it's interesting that, you know, one game into the season, they are bringing players in, which tells you that either they, they need help on special teams, that's what they're looking at, or, you know, maybe they're, like, not happy with the linebackers that they have in regard to depth. So, I mean, there is something behind it, obviously, you know, because yeah, you've got I, guys I think, here working I think your weeks. first point was probably it. I think it's probably a special teams move. Yeah, you yep. know, you, you've got Chase Allen and Mike Hull, guys like this that have been doing the same thing for years yeah, now. Yeah, didn't Hull just get hurt? I think so. And, you know, so you, you can't. I mean, you can't leave any stone unturned, and I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. to see him still looking around. Yep, absolutely. Let's hope they continue to do it. But you know, again, at the same token, you know, you it kind of tells you well they're not overly happy with some of these guys that are here. You know, that have been working day in and day out with them. So, hey, listen, it sends them a message. Hey, you guys either, you know, do what you got to do or you're not going to be here. There's plenty of people out there that'll take your job. So it's it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, well. So, yeah, competition's always good. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not like we've got more than two, you know, solid linebackers. So, you know, you can't hurt to keep turning stones over. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm sure when they saw him walk in, they said, oh, he's just another guy. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, joining me this evening. Pleasure. Had a good time. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Catch you all next time. Fins up. Fins up. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 